Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, co-host of Through the Keyhole, an Oklahoma Sooners fans podcast brewed up by Vanessa House in Oklahoma City. Uh, this is our weekly free show, but uh, you know, you should go ahead and subscribe to our Patreon over at uh, patreon.com backslash through the keyhole. You'll get uh, all different kinds of uh premium content there but uh oklahoma just wrapped up its uh, annual red white game this weekend so uh i've got my co-host matt burton with me along with special guest the founder joining us to uh give our thoughts on uh what we saw out of the sooners this weekend so let's go ahead and start with matt matt how you doing man i'm doing well man i'm doing well it's uh it's not often um that I get to that I get to even talk to the founder anymore, but uh, uh, the good old days when I used to get to pod and do Thunder post game shows and and all these and the like, uh, if you will, with the founder, uh, they're they're remembered fondly. They're remembered very very fondly. So uh, this is a special day. Indeed, indeed, this is my first uh, actual time game to actually do anything with the founder. So think about how great it is for me here, uh, founder. <laughs> How you living, man? Oh, please, please, guys. Uh, that's Mister the Founder to you too. So, <laughs> no, it's uh. Thanks for letting me jump on and try to remember what happened yesterday in the highest scoring spring game in OU football history. It was truly great. Um, but yeah, uh, excited to be back on through the keyhole. It's uh pretty cool. And yeah, this is the first time that I've uh done a pod with Alan, which is that kind of makes me sad, but because <laughs> I. I I was thinking about it. I'll think about this every once in a while, whenever I listen to your guys' podcast or any other OU pod. And then they'll bring up like recruits names. They'll bring up guys that are on the roster. And I've been out of the game for so long, like not that long, but I've been out of the game long enough to go like, how do they know all these kids' names? How did I, how did I know all these people <laughs> yeah. that I've never met and never would meet? And then I knew height and weight. I knew position forties, everything. And it's just, it's a, it's a grind and I respect you guys for doing it. Oh, well, it's a labor of love, man. So, you <laughs> know, <laughs> so let's go ahead and start off. Okay. First of all, I took this game in on TV. The broadcast was, um, I know those people all work hard to uh, put those together, but man, that camera angle makes it nearly impossible. It feels like for me to uh, really get a good feel for what the, what the action was really like. But I mean, were you guys, I'm assuming you guys were both in attendance. I was, yes. Yeah, I was, but I, I watched the, um, there was like a 25 minute YouTube highlight video already up on, on YouTube. And so I saw the angle and it was like, man, this is like worse than <laughs> Oklahoma State's angle at Boone Pickens, where it's just, I mean, or even like the one they have for Gallagher Iba for their uh, for the basketball yeah. games, where it's like you're looking straight down yeah. bird's eye view. It's awful. I hate that view. Yeah, it was uh, it was rough. But I okay. So so Matt, give me an idea. I mean, what was your take on just the the overall vibe? I mean, yeah, it wasn't as packed as it was last year, but uh, I mean, it still seemed like I mean, you know what, fifty four thousand or so. It's still a fairly fairly good crowd for this kind of event. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like, I mean, I, I set up for uh, for the franchise. We did like pregame stuff uh, starting at like, I mean, I got there probably around like nine ish, a little bit before nine uh, and set up. And I mean, it was cool. It was just like um, just like a game to atmosphere, just a little bit less people, to be honest. I mean, it was <laughs> pretty good. 
pretty good atmosphere. Yeah. And too, like, yeah, it was cold. It was windy. So, I mean, like, I get it. If people don't want to show up or, or take their kids out on a day that, you know, it is pretty, it is pretty damn cold. Um, so, I mean, I, I get it. I was not expecting a repeat of last year. I think last mm-hmm. year was just like uh, an aligning, the stars aligning with Baker being back home and a spurned fan base wanting to like show off a little bit, like show its teeth, teeth a little bit. So, um, but no, it, it was, it was a good vibe, man. It, it was a good, good atmosphere. Um, 54,000 for a spring game. I, I thought it was going to be like 45 to 50. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where the range I thought it was going to be at. And it was over that. So I don't, I don't think that like it blew away my expectations, but I mean, it, it definitely exceeded them. Right. Founder, what was your take on the vibe? Yeah. I mean, kind of echoing what Matt just said. Um, I mean, I, I got to campus at around, I think maybe about noon, noon 30. And I mean, there were people all over the place. The weirdest thing though, was ASP, um, the uh, street or campus corner, the North South street. Um, and it kind of dead ends into campus right at, uh, mm-hmm. price price business college. Um, that street was not closed. Like it was for a normal game because, we were like walking around trying to find some friends and I'm just walking in the, into the middle of the street, not looking both ways because I just assume like it's a game day. Like they closed down campus corner and no, here comes a car. <laughs> like, Oh God, <laughs> what a great start. But yeah. no, I mean, inside, like outside the stadium, it felt really fun. People were pretty juiced and having a good time. Um, all the restaurants and bars seemed pretty full. So it seemed like a little bit of a smaller game day atmosphere, like Matt said, inside the stadium. Um, the It was kind of funny because we, my buddy got us some tickets, and I don't think I've ever sat this close um, for a game or a spring game um, in my life. And I, We're like, I think in row 18 of sex, section six. So I could basically tell that PJ out of Barway is a gigantic human being. <laughs> I, I, could, I could see – like uh, Rouse standing next to Phil Loadhole and going, man, Rouse is, I didn't expect him to, like, I've never heard, like, the only thing I've heard is he's experienced, he's played a bunch, and he's from Stanford, so he's smart. And I'm like, dude, the dude is huge. <laughs> like, Phil does not look like a giant compared to him, so that's a good thing. But um, the funny thing was just kind of looking around and seeing, like, okay, how many people are here? Um, I want Kyler Murray to have a good um, showing. We all know why people feel about Baker compared to Kyler. We get all that. But um, it just kind of seemed like, oh, this is like the third quarter of an OU Kansas game like five or six years ago. It's like, yeah, it's just like the students. It's like the end zones are kind of sparse. Upstairs is pretty sparse. Um, You know, 54,000. I think that's good considering, A, that this team went six and seven last year um, and looked bad a lot of times doing so. And then B, like like everyone's kind of mentioned, the weather didn't suck. Well, I mean, the weather wasn't bad, but it did suck. And especially when you consider the previous two days going into Saturday, excellent sunny weather, except yeah. for the Thursday evening storm. Or No, I guess that was Wednesday. So yeah. excellent weather, weather Thursday and Friday. Saturday sucked. And then today, lovely. Mm-hmm. So, of course, of course that would yeah. happen. Yeah, you know, the funny thing about it to me watching these, though, is that you know, since and we've only seen two of them, obviously, under Brent Venables, but he has turned it into such a more kind of a pep rally, like, you know, morale yeah. building event, you know, I, whereas, you know, under under Lincoln Riley, it was I mean, like the idea of him being on the mic like that before the game. I mean, forget <laughs> it. You know, I mean, like that it would just be like so out of character or whatever. And but that part, I mean, like for me, I guess that's fun because I mean, seeing all the former players coming out there and everything like that, like. I don't know. There is much more of a kind of like, it's a bit like when Bob Seuss was talking about how the players are the program or the program's bigger than, you know, any one of us. It's kind of like, um, you know, it's, it's very much a communal kind of celebration type thing, which I think is a real, has been what the fan base needed regardless of the results on the field, you know? Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, right at the beginning of Bob's tenure where he made a big deal about bringing back a lot of the yeah. old greats. Um, because at the time in the late nineties, I mean, Brian Bosworth was not universally loved by OU fans. I think when did that like OU football alum, I, I think it was like for something for Barry Switzer and all mm-hmm. these old greats kind of came back yeah. and they swapped stories. And then Brian like cries about shaming the program. I think that had happened in 2002. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, players like him, especially a lot of the great players from the mid to late 80s that were kind of connected to the fall of the program into the 90s, um, you know, Bob bringing them all back kind of helped juice up the program and have all this era of good feelings that kind of culminated in the 2000 national title. So it's like that, but just marry that mentality with Dabo Sweeney and you have what Bob, what Brent Venables is doing right now, <laughs> yeah. where it's like very, very like, Baptist church preachy, you know, it, like it, it, it's fun. A friend of mine I went to the game with, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dog him because he used to be in the, uh, in the media scene in Oklahoma city, but uh, it doesn't, it rubs him the wrong way. And it can, if OU goes out and wins seven or eight games and they don't look like a vastly improved team. Um, I can see that. I can see that whole kind of thing that he does kind of rubbing people the wrong way as well. But I mean, as of right now, it, like you said, it, it's really cool to see like Trent Williams and then mm-hmm. um, I mean, Brian Bosworth. Um, I saw, I think I saw Rocky Kalmus, which is a gigantic. It's it's like seeing Sam Bradford publicly. It's like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, Rocky Kalmus. And I, I don't think Sam was there, but it's okay. We all know he's kind of um, private, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's really cool. I, I kind of like it. It would be cool if it kind of continues, but we'll see. Like this is going to yeah. be a big season for this team and this program. Oh, for sure. And then uh, before we get to the stuff on the field, one last thing, Matt, what did you think about Kyler's statue? Man, uh, I liked it. I was actually over there. We were actually carrying it on the radio station. So I had to go plug everything in over there. Also shout out to, I have a whole nother appreciation for people who have to take video of stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Whether news, news stations or like, I mean, I saw yeah, Eddie Rodosovich, a guy I work with at the franchise. I mean, he was over there too. Like, there was like ten people squeezed onto this this like stage, and not room for ten people and their tripods and their cameras. Like, there was just not room for it. So, I mean, shout out to them for doing what they do, man. Um, and I was just over to the side, like I had all my equipment on the ground because I was just doing radio. I didn't have to do. I didn't have to do anything <laughs> like that. So I felt good. I felt very fortunate to do that, but. Uh, it was fun, man. There was a ton of people around there for that, man. There was like, um, I would say if I had to like be get like, like probably like 3000 people just around that little yeah. area right there, man, it, yeah. there was a ton of people there for it. Um, but in true, like Kyler fashion, man, he, he didn't talk much. <laughs> he was yeah. like, they, they brought him up there with the mic. Like, Hey man, he's just like, man, this is surreal. This is awesome. And, and that was, that was really it. That's really all you got <laughs> from Kyler. Um, but no, the statue was cool, man um i thought i thought that uh it was it was interesting i was watching the like press conferences of his and he was like no i definitely wanted one of me throwing the ball like i did i didn't <laughs> want to you know i did I, i'm a quarterback i wanted to throw the ball um and whereas like last year baker was like yeah i just wanted one where i was like punking lsu basically <laughs> like, yeah didn't matter if i was throwing or what um but no the the statue was cool man i thought like uh and brady i was like that was my whole thing leading up to this too was like i just hope that people showed up and showed out for kyler because like he deserves it man he's in my opinion the the best quarterback in ou history and by far the most electric that uh, that i've ever seen um so i i just i i think they did that and like especially given the circumstances to like fifty four thousand is still a a huge thing there's still a ton of people for a spring game i mean you saw they were like top five in attendance for spring games. And um, so I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I did think the people showed out for Kyler. Their video tribute was really cool. Yeah. I thought that um, was really well done. That was, that was very well done. You know, having all the, you know, basically all the receivers, they play like CD lamb, Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Uh, was that, was that Jordan small or no, is that Nick Basquin? No, Nick yeah, Basquin Nick was Basquin, in there. Yeah. Um, you know, Morris was there. Yeah. I think. Um, so it, it was just cool. It, it was just really well done, man. OU, OU does that right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, transition to what we saw on the field. I hate spring games. I've said this a million times just because, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, Matt, we talked about last time, we, you know what the overreactions are going to be like oh, almost yeah. before the game even starts. Um, that being said, let's overreact a little. Uh, Big 12 still play no damn defense. Yeah, I, know that. <laughs> I mean, like, like to or me, 80 something to 80 something right yeah no but like to me though the story of the day was you know everybody i think wanted to see the newcomers right you know your bothroids uh the son mccullough jackson Arnold. and i think for the most part i mean the returns on those guys pretty good i thought i don't know founder your take 
Yeah, basically everybody that was new. I mean, even some of the kids, even some of the true freshmen. Yeah. I, I mean, you could just tell, like, and again, like sitting as close as I was fortunately able to sit, the team just looks different. They look different than just last year. And that kind of goes to show you like the amount of work that Brent and the staff have done to transform the program because it absolutely needed to be transformed. Um, because yeah, like OU has been fortunate and had guys like CD lamb, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, just guys that just look like alpha male Greek gods. But for every CD lamb on this team, there was a five foot nine linebacker. There was a defensive back that uh, couldn't turn his head. You know, th there was too much of that. And you saw like basically everything you wanted to see. I mean, uh, Reggie Pearson, another transfer from Texas Tech, mm -hmm. the guy that destroyed Dylan Gabriel in the overtime game against Tech. Um, he had an excellent break on the ball in the end zone. I believe that was a, I think that was Dylan. I think that was yeah. Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, yeah it was a it. corner route to Stogner. Yeah, and it wasn't something where like, I don't think Dylan was going through his progressions that much. It was just kind of like a one read and he like threw the ball. And so Reggie just kind of made a play. And that's something you don't see. You, we haven't seen that much out of OU defensive backs over the last few years outside of maybe like Billy Bowman or a Woody Washington, who are all still here, which is great. Um, so Reggie Pearson, I thought, uh, performed really well. Um, Kendall Dolby being out there was super aggressive. And that's kind of the thing about him for, at least from the highlight reel that was put out there that he's just not afraid of contact. So that's a welcome sight. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall the depth seems to like the floor of the depth of this program seems to have been raised. And now you're just going to hope that the starters, like the guys that get a lot of heavy play once we get into fall into actual football season, that these guys can not only just be better depth, pieces but can make plays because i mean we can remember so many opportunities last year where the defensive call was probably the right call but somebody just didn't make a play so we're, we're relying on a disan mccullough to make that play we're relying on um a peyton bowen who had a great turn in his head back to get a, um albeit a bad throw but he still turned his head caught the ball which is what we want um reggie pearson like all these new guys we're waiting for them to start making plays when their uh, number is called. And um, I think after the spring game on Saturday, if that's what you were kind of look, hoping to see is just the new guys doing, doing that they did. So you should be happy. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I did not pay like any attention at all to the offense. I was pretty much focused on the defense because there's, there's so many new faces there. So you many, couldn't like you, could, right. Like, the offensive line was so banged up. Yeah. Um, oh. And guys just not playing that. It just kind of like Jackson Arnold had no time to do anything. And his first two balls were batted at the line of scrimmage. I need to go back and see like, did he just lazily throw the ball or was that just trace Ford making a play because nobody is blocking him. So, you know, like it's things like that. You have to go back and kind of grade, you know, in your own head. But, um, yeah, the offense was just kind of unwatchable. But I think most of that had to do with the fact that they were playing with a – yeah. I, I mean, if they were playing with a banged-up offensive line against Florida State, it was a bastardized version of that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, Matt, like I guess then that kind of raises a good question, though, because there were a lot of standouts, it felt like, on the defensive line – yeah. Uh, you know, guys like Bothroyd, I thought Grayson Halton looked really good. Yes. Um, you know, really, I mean, just deeper everywhere. But how much of that is, okay, the defensive line is better. And how much of that is, I mean, this is not the offensive line that OU is going to be rolling out in game one. Right. I mean, they kept saying like the the number one offense for, uh, versus the number two defense or number or vice versa. But it felt more like the number one offensive line ish and the number two yeah. slash three yeah. offensive line ish, you know, yeah. like that's, that's kind of what it really uh, felt like. Um, I mean, as far as like disruption goes, I mean, the, I don't know how you can't feel a little bit better or at least more at ease. Right. I, I'm not saying go crazy and be like, Oh, they're going to lead the nation in sacks. But like, I, I don't know how you can be a little bit more at ease being like, okay, if Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes aren't in, that means Rondell Bothroyd and Trace Ford are in. Or if they're not in, that means R. Mason Thomas and P.J. Adebowale is in. Like, I mean, so it, it just feels good about the depth, especially like pass rushing. Um, if Jordan Kelly plays like that too, I think that's that's really good for the interior, that that defensive line. Um, I hate that Isaiah Coe got injured like pretty early. Uh, mm -hmm. And so he didn't really get to like do a whole lot. Um, but no, I, I felt, I felt really good. And to like Brady's point, that's just my thing is that it just like, 
they just looked different. Like, you know, the, the guy that like stuck out to me a little bit too, is like Makari Vickers, like mm-hmm. not, not only, not just like the playing, but just like eye test wise, like when's the last yeah. time OU's had a corner that's like six, one, six, two can move and long and rangy. Like, I, I don't know if they've had many corners that look like that, like straight up cornerbacks. Um, so yeah, that, uh, the Samacola was everywhere, man. Um, and even then, like, like too, like you, Deshaun McCullough can be a defensive end too. Like I mean, he's not mm-hmm, stuck yeah. to just cheetah. Like he can, he can pass rush too. That's what he was great at at Indiana. So like, I, I just, I feel a little bit more at ease as to where, um, oh, you can be on the defensive line of the scrimmage, to be honest. Yeah. One of the things that really stood out to me and I'm, I'm not trying to dog the guy, but I, I think Reggie Grimes ended up coming out like with the, what technically would be the third team. I mean, you know, and he, I mean, he got as many snaps as just about anybody on the defensive line last year. Uh, so that's really saying something, in my opinion, about what, you know, they picked up, uh, right. you know, in terms of depth and, and whatnot. And, you know, I mean, it looks like, you know, when Trace Ford, it was a really big pickup in the offseason, right? I mean, it looks like he's mainly just going to be kind of a situational pass rusher. That's kind of the impression I got. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, he was disruptive too. Like he was disruptive mm-hmm. when he was in there for sure. And apparently, he's been like limited in practice, but has been tearing it up whenever he's been in, like <laughs> even in the limited snaps. So, like, I mean, that's always going to be the thing with Trace, man. Is it if if he can be healthy, then you know we've seen what he could do in in, in the Big Twelve. Like we've seen what he can do uh, to offenses in this league. So, you know, just just gotta stay healthy, really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know we kind of, Brady, you kind of touched on it, but I mean, Peyton Bowen to me looks the part of the five-star safety. I don't know how long he's going to be on the bench or, uh, you know, I mean, he's going to be rotating. And I think I've got to be thinking from game one. Oh yeah. No question. I mean, there's, there's going to be a ton of true freshmen, redshirt freshmen. I mean, not to jump to a different position, but I mean, like Kobe McKenzie looked like a, yeah. Ooh, he looked special. Like just yeah. from a physical standpoint, he looked like a different type of player. Like he made David Aguebu look small. Like if David Aguebu was still on this team, like, but he has speed. So that's kind of <laughs> a good thing. But with Peyton Bowen, it's like, no, it's it just to me, it just means something. Like you can't have like a rigid rule criteria for a spring game. Like when you go into like a spring game year after year, you cannot have like a, a set of rules to live by because everything is so different and they never really apply year to year. I mean, you can have kind of the rigid don't buy too much into X, Y, or Z, or don't be undersold because the t- offense sucked. It's speak- I mean, Sam Bradford won spring game through four touch, four interceptions. And one of them was a pick six. And I think that was the spring game going into the year where he won the Heisman. So mm. it, it really, you know, it's just kind of silly, but I do put a lot of stock in guys that come in with some hype. And then they perform or they make a play. Um, I mean, Peyton Bowen certainly did that. And Dylan Gabriel is going to do that. Other quarterbacks are going to do that um, where they get kind of a first down and then they want to rush and chuck the ball deep and stretch the defense. And that's happened against OU time and time again over the, in the past, you know, decade, it seems like. And OU typically will just get beat straight up. Or they'll have a guy in position like, I mean, God love him, but Woody Washington against TCU last year, the guy is in position. He's doing everything you want him to do, except he just does not turn his head because maybe there's some PTSD involved, some trauma from past seasons of getting flagged, um, getting burnt, even though you have your head turned. So you just kind of like clam up at the time where you need to make a play. And Peyton Bowen, five minutes you know, off the boat from high school, boom, makes a play. So I I think you can do nothing with that except just be satisfied and excited about his future. So, I mean, you're right. I don't know how long he's going to be on the bench, Um, especially with, you know, like the secondary, he's already lost Jaden Davis. And I know he's a corner and I know Peyton's a safety, but it just kind of goes to show you, to me, that that transfer just kind of gave me the thought that, okay, the kids seem to be, a little bit ahead of schedule. And I mean, Josiah Wagner, I believe started opposite of Woody Washington. So that's another young player with a bright future that a lot of people were excited for. So, um, I mean, this, this defense is going to be pretty dang exciting as the uh, star Wars theme starts blasting from the TV in the living room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think 
I, I obviously, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to go here, but man, I think it's okay to get excited, like believe the defense is going to be better. I know that right. everybody got burned on that last year, but I really do feel like so many of the non-contributors have kind of moved on or, you know, found a different place, different home. Transferred to Houston, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or graduated, thanks, yeah. after 12 years. Yeah, I'm not naming names here. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like from just from what I've seen, I, I guess I was impressed by a lot of the newcomers. Even uh, Sears, the kid from Texas State on the uh, interior, I thought, I mean, I thought he showed some flashes yesterday too. So, I mean, I like – I like what they've done personnel wise on the defense. I mean, I'm, I'm giving fans, if if you need my permission to like, you know, feel, feel optimistic about the defense, go ahead, man. I mean, like, I really do think that uh, I can't, I don't know if I'd say they've necessarily like turned a corner or whatever, but like it's getting where it's going in the direction it needs to go. If that makes sense. I was going to say, Matt, I mean, you, you could probably tell being in the stadium yourself, but uh, one thing that did seem different outside of just the physicality of a handful of those pl- new players um, was, and it's a scrimmage, it's a practice environment, how hard are people playing on both sides of the ball? That's, you know, up for debate. But the defense certainly played, like, with their head on fire. Um, they played with a lot of energy. They swarmed to the football. And it seemed like whenever somebody made contact with the ball carrier, the guy went down. Now, again, that's where you kind of get into, like, are these guys going 100%? Um, it, is a, it is a practice. Like, health is the more important thing than showing out. But it was great to see defensive players swarm to the football and put the guy down um, time and time again. So that was that was awesome. Uh, it's just, again, like, with all the new guys and all this new excitement, it's great. And then not to, you know, not to necessarily dog, like, a guy like Reggie Grimes or Ethan Downs, a, a player that I've been very critical of, um, but they're gonna they're going to have roles too. Um, they might have larger roles than what we're kind of dreamcasting right now, thinking about PJ Adebarwe or Desan McCullough. Um, again, this is all about depth. And if Eth- if Ethan Downs and Reggie Grimes are going to be heavy rotational players, that's fine, as long as they're not the ones primarily doing it. Because you hope that these new guys uh, raise the floor so much so that Ethan Downs is the one coming onto the field when someone needs a breath or Reggie Grimes is so that they are hundred percent ready to do what they do best. And if Reggie Grimes is able to do that, great. That, that only means your defense is going to be a little bit better because I mean, this team is going to be somewhat snake bitten by the offensive tempo. So if they're going to still be on the field for 150 snaps a game, um, they're going to need this depth, and that does include the guys that have been here that maybe a lot of fans aren't necessarily excited for. Yeah, Matt, I mean, general enthusiasm up there for you on defense? Oh, for sure, for sure. And it's just like, for one, what Brady was saying too, I completely agree with about that a guy is in space, you need to make a tackle. But how? And, and they did in the spring, about how many times in the past like, decade – has that just not happened? You just can't get a guy yeah. down one-on-one. Um, and that happened on the spring game, uh, like simple things like turning their head. It, it seems very simple. It's very basic stuff, but OU hasn't been doing the basic stuff on defense for a decade. So, you know, it's just, it's nice to see some of the basic stuff uh, happening, but I'm just, I'm just way, way more excited about the depth. That's where I just keep, keep coming back to, man. Like um, literally all three levels of the defense, man. Like the, the linebackers too, you got Danny Stutzman and then, you know, Jaron Cannon, Kip Lewis and, uh, and Kobe McKenzie. I mean, they were all true freshmen last year. So, you know, how much can you really, you know, depend on, on true freshmen at that, at that position. But that, that old saying, like, what's the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. You know, they, they just got a little bit older. They're, they're a year in, in the, in the playbook and everything now year into college, getting everything right year into like, getting their their bodies right um so i i think like that it just guys getting i i still feel good about uh the young linebackers too and like brent was still raving about lewis carter a guy who's not even on campus yet like is it true going to be a true freshman this year so uh i just feel a lot better about the whole depth of it It because too like i mean on your two deep safeties what you got like billy bowman key lawrence uh reggie pearson and peyton bowen like i think 
you can you can do a lot worse than having those as as your safeties no matter what two uh you really throw out there so i just i just keep coming back to depth man i, I just it, it looks like they have a, a lot more depth um on it and exactly like brady said like if they're gonna run you know if they're gonna go three and out in 30 seconds uh <laughs> maybe maybe it's not you know a bad thing to have as much depth quality depth uh on defense as you can yeah yeah and let's uh switch over to the other side of the ball where you know hopefully they won't be going uh three and out on in 30 seconds as much this season but uh again we mentioned very hard to come to any like solid conclusions about what we saw with the offense with given the status of the uh offensive line but you know i mean I think that if you're coming, you know, if, if you're asking about questions or concerns, you know, the depth at receiver or just the need really for standouts, uh, I mean, you didn't really come away from uh, Saturday's action thinking that questions have uh, been answered there. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Founder? Well, I don't see what everyone's all kind of up in arms about, about being underwhelmed by the offense, especially the quarterback play. I mean, we'll get to Jackson Arnold in a second, but um, – Dylan Gabriel looked far better than the best high school football recruit in the history of football, um, Arch Manning, who was, again, rated high. I have nothing against Arch Manning. He plays for Texas School. We don't like Texas. Um, he was rated higher than Adrian Peterson, which means this this dude better be ready for the NFL day one. And that dude couldn't throw an eight-yard out route to save his life. Yet, yeah, it's okay. Like, he might be great, but – He's not better than Adrian Peterson. I'm so sorry. That is so stupid to me. Like like his, his rating and his hype is so silly. However, if that's the standard, Hey, Dylan didn't look that bad. So, I mean, we must be doing, we must be doing kind of okay. Um, I think there were a handful of plays where if this was a live game, if this was a real game, I think Dylan makes a play. I think there was one play where he, um, he he pulled it to the left, ran, and then waited for a receiver to get a block. I think it was on McCullough or was it or Reggie Pearson? I can't remember. And he made he he kind of just let the guy get the block, and then he kind of ran towards the boundary, and then picked up an extra five yards for a first down. And they called him down because the guy might have reached over and tapped his shoulder, you know, since it's two hand touch for quarterbacks. Uh, there were a few plays where I'm like, Dylan probably makes that play. And I'm so his game, his performance might have looked better. Um, Jaden Gibson needs to be, he needs to come to Jesus moment because this is the second fourth, this is the second fourth down that he has destroyed Dylan. The best play Dylan Gabriel made last year was surprisingly in the TCU game where he broke contain, stayed alive, found Jaden Gibson wide, like basically wide open because it's a six foot four kid on top of a five, nine defender. And Dylan just flicks the ball and says, go make a play, big guy. Drop, 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 which is what Jaden did three times in the spring game. Um, so I, I was fine with Dylan's performance. He did some things that he does. Um, he missed LV Bunkley Shelton in the back of the end zone really bad. I think he missed him on a crossing route of about the, in, on the next possession. Um, he's going to miss throws, but he can make plays with his legs. And I think with the emergence of, and just having Jackson Arnold on the roster, we're going to see more running Dylan Gabriel, which will settle him down, get him into better um, rhythm. It will help the offense because Dylan is a pretty good runner. I mean, he, he had a play where he didn't get touched on a, I think a 12 yard scramble up the middle of the field where he just kind of spun around and made a play. So that that's exciting to me. Um, but again, just like we kind of, briefly mentioned the offensive line was so patchwork guys were out how hard were guys playing or they banged up after a physical spring um it wasn't the best showcase for the offense it wasn't the best platform for quarterbacks to go out there and succeed and then you, you throw into account um not just Jaden gibson but i mean who's catching the football this year um we we know farouk is good uh we don't know how good he can be we don't know if he's hit his ceiling we know drake stoops is good but we think we understand what his ceiling is. And then it's just a whole bunch of please, please somebody. Andre Anthony had a catch for the Michigan kid. Um, Jaden Gibson had his opportunities. L.B. Bunkley Shelton got some burns, so that was good to see. Um, and then it was just a whole bunch of dumping it off to the running backs until the very end of the game when D.J. Graham made everybody excited. So I, I your standard for the offense, you know, I'll keep I'll keep it short now. But your standard for the offense should have been much, much, much lower 
than your standard for the defense going into this game. And if you had that mentality, I think you were just, yeah, they did. They did kind of what I expected them to do. Yeah. So it's that, always, yeah. it's always advantage defense in spring games too. I mean, like it, it always is. Um, as far as receiver goes too, like I've heard nothing but great things, but Nick Anderson, I've just never seen Nick Anderson. So even <laughs> in the spring game. So I, I just, you know, who knows? He, that's that might be said, the myth. That somebody might be the said myth he of OU football right now. Somebody said Nick Anderson didn't play. I'm pretty sure I saw him on the field lineup at receiver. He? he was right. I think he was right in front of me. I don't. He obviously didn't get a throw his way or a handoff, right. but um, I I'm, thought I, I thought I saw him in like a hoodie on the sideline. I'm not, but that from the broadcast. But I don't know. Like, I is I, there I, another Ander? Is there another Anderson? Is there just another random kid named? I have no clue. I have no clue. <laughs> no clue. Yeah, no clue. But like, I, anyway, I, I don't I know. Could have been wrong. I just still like. Obviously, the portal is not done either. Like, I mean, yeah. if if they could try to portal someone, if they want to, maybe if they if they uh, have tampered, then that's fine. Uh, they, they might they might need <laughs> to. With ain't the... no such thing as tampering anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, no, it's over, right? You you're <laughs> never done never done recruiting kids. That's why it was. Exactly. Some people laughed at. Um, Todd Bates having lunch on a recruiting visit with David Hicks after well after he had pretty much said I'm going to A&M um, one more seven and five eight and four season for A&M and uh, I think every OU fan will be pretty happy they they decided not yeah. to burn that bridge so we'll, we'll see right. we'll see we'll see we will see we'll see but yeah I, I'm not I'm not overreacting to the offense like uh, I, I'm not um, you know receiver is like it is a question mark but it was a question mark coming in so it's kind of like I don't know not like kind of affirming what, what you're thinking, but you know, it's a, it's, it's definitely there. It's definitely a, a question mark, but not a, not a huge one in, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, let's actually talk a little bit about the, the recruiting aspects here. I mean, you picked up, you know, three or four uh, commitments, I think last week, but you know, I, they also, you know, part of the big news this week was they had some kids in also, uh, you know, looking to make maybe a, a potential portal move, uh, the big one I think that people were keeping tra- tabs on is the kid from uh, App State, the offensive lineman. I mean, you know, how many more portal additions can you see? I mean, especially given that, you know, as it stands right now, I believe OU is oversigned. I mean, what are we thinking in terms of portal additions in the next couple of weeks here? Matt, any well, ideas? Man, I, I, I hope offensive line, if they are going to be like, if they're just banged up and that's the depth that we kind of saw, then yeah, they're probably, they're probably going to need to portal an offensive lineman <laughs> or two just for depth. I mean, just to have bodies there. Um, but, and, and to like, to be fair, a little bit to the offensive line too, apparently they like had some limitations as to what they the couldn't offensive cut. Line could yeah. do. Yeah. They, they, they couldn't, couldn't like block. do their whole, like full, uh, full repertoire there. But um, I don't Is know. It I weird? Just... Is it, is it weird that I'm not concerned at all about the offensive line going no. into the season? Like now, I thought Tyler if some, looked if, great. <laughs> if if there yeah. are injuries, of course, like yes. If um, if Baker Mayfield gets injured in 2017, it's like oh god, that that might with any of Kyler. So that's a bad analogy. But if Sam Bradford gets hurt <laughs> in 2008, it's like oh, all bets are off. But I mean, after what we saw in the bowl game with a patchwork offensive line with a bunch of guys who hadn't played, especially played together in a game like that all season long. For them to perform like that, I'm like, if we're just adding guys from the portal for depth or for experience, I think we'll be fine. Like, it might be another season where you have to unfortunately wait four or five games for them to really hit their stride, but so be it if, if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tight end is the one spot to me where I still think yeah. they could use somebody, but, you know, those guys are going to be few and far between out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think there was one. I mean, you guys probably already know. There was one one portal kid who was on a Oklahoma City based radio station talking about his <laughs> portal recruitment. Um, who like he, his primary job is catching the football, and OU recruited him out of high school. So um, I think the writing's on the wall there. OU's going to get some extra help at that position. I would assume fairly soon. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think. Um, the Sooner Scoop guys talked about it on their podcast, how Brent in the post game had mentioned um, that uh, essentially that some tough conversations are going to start taking place over the next few weeks. I think Brent's meeting with every single player. 
So you can read into that what you want to basically answer your question. Alan. Like, it seems like they're maxed out. Well, they might be maxed out right now, but if yeah. there are guys that are interested in coming to OU that could help this pro- team in this program today, and it comes down to either this kid or a guy who's been here for four or five years and just isn't going to crack the two or three D, then you might have to have an, an uncomfortable, tough conversation with that individual. So I think OU will find some like, oh my God, we suddenly have a few spots open. What do you know? Yeah, that's my impression too. I think I think that you're going to see a couple guys moving on here from from uh, OU's roster in the next couple weeks too. So, well, uh, I guess like closing thoughts. What what do you guys want to? What should they be worrying about in the off season? Uh, the the team that is, or what should they be focused on between now and uh, September? We didn't even talk about Jackson Arnold. Oh, we didn't know. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. let's talk about let's talk about that. Yeah, he uh, you know when he got a chance to work with the first team there on that final drive. He looked really sharp, man. I was I was impressed. Just um, I, one thing I I just try to watch in these kinds of games for the quarterbacks is just are they real skittish out there, or are do they look like they're comfortable, have a uh, have control, or you know, kind of a good idea of the flow of the offense. I thought that uh, I thought that he looked you know very comfortable out there, despite being under duress for so much of the game, you know. I thought, I thought he looked fine. I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, thank goodness, you know, he wasn't rated the best recruit of all time, you know, (laughs) no kidding. Also we might be, I might be, uh, singing a different tune. We dodged a bullet this one. (laughs) 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 Um, But no, I think, I I do think he looked, he looked, he looked fine, man. He looked good. He did look comfortable. Uh, they, they said, you know, he he was at prom last week. He was, he was at prom. Last week, so uh, no, he he looked fine, man. He's gonna be fine, and what? honestly, too, yeah, yeah, he was at prom last week. Yeah. Um, this is and, weird, and, man. And then the <laughs> next weekend, yeah, next weekend he's playing uh, an OU spring game. Um, but no, he he looked fine, man. He looked comfortable, and it it should put people at ease again. Like, I'm gonna use that again, but as if Dil- if Dylan Gabriel like has to go down or, or go out for a couple plays or a quarter, whatever, like. I think I think it'll be it'll be just fine. Yeah, I definitely feel better about that spot, uh, the second string quarterback position this season than last year. I don't know, founder. What do you think? Yeah, it's um, kind of to what I was saying earlier about Dylan. Um, if this was a game, I think he makes a handful of plays that were blown dead, or you kind of take into account who's who's like letting up, who's not letting up. Um, that run Jackson Arnold had. I think it was Danny Stutzman that quote tackled him. And I know somebody else like kind of pulled up that had an angle on him in the second level, but with all due respect to Danny Stutzman, and this is based on what I saw of him last year and just kind of seeing where he was on that play, unless he clotheslines Jackson Arnold, he's not making that tackle. Jackson had him beat. He was, he was reaching. That's not what you want at a linebacker position, but Hey, he's, Pretty athletic, Jackson Arnold. And unless the guy just has the, the, the next guy had the angle and could make the tackle, because I think he let up, um, that was a touchdown run. And that alone will just give OU fans a lot to be hopeful for. Um, and I hope in a very healthy way, because I know this fan base is very wise and smart and they're not prone to rash decision-making <laughs> um, or groupthink. Um, I, I think you're going to see plenty of Jackson Arnold, ideally, um, Dylan Gabriel is able to be healthy all season. He's able to right some of the wrongs from last year. Maybe the ball bounces the other way, and he's able to kind of rewrite his own little story. I hope Dylan's a likable player, likable person, and I think he's a good enough quarterback to help get OU back to kind of like let, let's last season in the Big Twelve. Let's show them who's boss. I think Dylan's good enough for that, but I think you're going to see a package or two where Jackson Arnold gets thrown out there, and it's basically to you know just keep the defense on its toes utilize a skill set that you do not have with dylan gabriel um but also to kind of give jackson a um this is going to be your job next year so here's your learning on the job experience um in a somewhat controlled environment kind of a la um when kyler murray would come out there um during 2017 for baker mayfield to kind of run a, a set package so um i think that's going to be on the in the cards um but i mean like you said alan jackson looked like he looked like just a college quarterback um on that last drive and i mean that as a compliment 
Didn't look skittish. He looked very in command. He looked very confident in his throws. Kid has a good arm. He has a very good arm. He's got a quick release. Um, when he knows what he's going to do, he he executes it. So um, I, I was very, very, very adamant about don't get too hyped because at some point the quarterback recruiting is going to bust. Um, we've been fortunate. If Spencer Rattler is a bust for us, then that's pretty damn good because Spencer Rattler, I mean, he's a dick and I don't <laughs> like him that much, but um, he's a pretty good college quarterback. It's not like an absolute just dumpster fire of a bust if that's your bust at the quarterback position. So um, I've been ready for that day to unfortunately happen. And I don't think it's thus far after what I saw in a spring game, I don't think it's happened with Jackson. So I think OU fans can be super excited for him. Yeah. You know, one one thing that's interesting that I I really hadn't even considered, but I I think that uh, Gabriel may have talked about it after the game yesterday was how, when he was at central Florida, Mackenzie Milton was actually the starting quarterback there when he got there. And he talked about some of the stuff that, uh milton did kind of you know in terms of uh you know taking him under his wing so to speak and you know showing him kind of showing the ropes learning how to be a college quarterback that kind of stuff and you know you talked about wanting to do the same kind of thing for uh jackson arnold which would be great in my opinion you know so you know i i think it that's all working out pretty well but um so i guess you know wrapping up here I guess what are the things to uh, be thinking about watching, uh, hoping that they improve on between now and uh, September founder. I'll let you kick it off. Definitely get, need to get the receiver position squared away. Um, I think we still don't really know what Levy wants to do when it comes to receivers. Cause I know at Ole Miss, he basically had two or three guys uh, that he would utilize in the offense. You could say that that's what he wants to do because he kind of did it last year in his first year at OU, but he had Marvin Mims. Um, you had a guy, a thousand-yard receiver, who you could basically just feed the ball to, even though Mims would go quarters without seeing the ball thrown his way. But who knows why that is? But we need to find, you know, three to five guys that you can count on, and then you hope that the other guys can kind of just come in for. Um, you know, just kind of a cool little gadget play or just kind of like, oh, this is a different skill set that the defense is not ready for. So they just need to get the receiver position square away because I think running backs are great. We didn't even really talk about Sawchuck, who looked like – that dude looks like Rodney Anderson 2.0. It's so eerie how so similar smooth, they look. man. So and I'm, smooth. I'm excited about Dalen Smothers. Um, he had a nice little run towards the end of the game. Um, a little bit shorter than I anticipated, but I'm excited for him. Uh, but yeah, I think for OU, the offensive line is going to be fine. The running game is going to be good. Um, it's just going to come down to can Farouk raise his ceiling a little bit to be the guy or is someone else going to step up? And then you hope that two or three other guys, uh, maybe LV Bunkley Shelton, who was hurt last year, um, finally gets a chance to showcase his skills. Um, if they can do that, the offense is going to be still, you know, chumming, humming away. Um, you just hope that it's a little bit more efficient this time. Matt, what are you going to be uh, thinking about? Yeah, I mean, receiver is where I was going to go to. I mean, like, if 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 Nick Anderson is that guy, like, wrap him in bubble wrap. Make sure he gets it to the, to the first <laughs> of the season. Like, if he is going to be that other guy out there with Farouk and, and Stoops, uh, if not, someone's going to have to step up. Like, someone's if, whether it's Andrew Anthony, uh, if Jaden Gibson can can catch it, you know, then that that would be great. Um, you know, there, there's there's guys there. I mean, if you want just more like speed on the field like getting gavin freeman involved if he you know he had a pretty good spring game i thought too mm-hmm. um receiver is definitely going to be a big question mark um on the other side of the football i guys this is my only like quote unquote overreaction i don't even know if it's that big of an overreaction since you guys talked about it to like kind of start mm-hmm. this pod uh it's gonna be pretty damn tough to keep peyton bowen and pj adabari off the field even as even as true freshmen it's going to be pretty tough to be like, no, we're going to go with someone else here because PJ, those guys are difference makers. PJ looks different. True. Um, I, yeah. I think, I think a big thing for him is a guy that that tall um, with that type of length is just play low. You know, don't, don't, don't stand straight up because I know he's still kind of, I don't think he's played football that, that long. And he's kind of a late bloomer in terms of his frame and his physicality. Um, but even with some of those reservations I might've had, that dude looked like that's not a player that OU's had. And everybody yeah. kind of knows that people have been saying that for the last year since he's been recruited and committed. 
Um, but to see it in person is like definitely a sight. So um, yeah, Peyton Bowen, him, it's going to be hard to keep these kids off the field and that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to close on a little bit of a downer because the one thing that we did yesterday <laughs> that uh, I like, I think maybe went under kind of uh, under the radar last year was special teams. Uh, you know, they're replacing Michael Turk, obviously a punter. And uh, you know, he was a legit weapon there. And yeah. Place kicking last year was obviously fairly was subpar, I guess would be the best way to put it. And I don't know what, if they're, if they found any solutions there. So that's just one thing to to think about now. The best thing that you could do would be to uh, be so dominant on the other two sides, two phases that uh, special teams doesn't make that big of a difference. So let's, well, let's go. if the kicking game is just like last year, but you clean up some of the edges, I think the kicking game can be fine because there are two or three field goals that were knocked into not unkickable range. But when you're considering your kickers, not Gabe Burkich. Yeah. And you have a 42 yarder and then you get a stupid pre-snap penalty and it turns into a 47 yarder. I mean, that's, that's a gigantic difference and that's putting your kicker at a disadvantage, still make the kick. um, But I mean, just be better (laughs) as a team. And then of course, even with Brent Venables, like some just kick some kicking decisions were just, I feel like you're putting your kicker in a bad position here. So I feel like the kicking game can be fine. um, But like you said, Alan, if you're just a better team and just, on both sides of the ball, it won't matter that much. But I think if you're also just a f- more efficient as a team, um, when you do have to have those opportunities, I think they can be, they can be had. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, I think that's going to kind of wrap it up here for our uh, spring game uh, recap. Uh, like, uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the uh, podcast, make sure to go to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash through the keyhole to sign up for, uh, everything that you get there, uh, through us and also just support the work that we're doing here for you guys, just $4 a month. Um, and also make sure to visit our uh, sponsor, Vanessa house. But, uh, I think that, I think that, uh, really kind of wraps everything up except for one thing founder. Do you know what that is? Boomer? Sarah.